All right, welcome amazing humans. Here's another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today I'm chatting with Sam, who is also known as Prince Fox. He is a songwriter, producer, originally from New York, now living in LA. He's been playing guitar and writing songs since he was 13, and his addiction to music has only gotten crazier ever since. He's been fortunate enough to travel the world doing what he loves and work and collaborate with many incredible artists, including YG, Rich the Kid, BIA, The Griswolds, uh, Chantel Jeffries, Bella Thorne, and many more. His latest single, Same Love, is rocking playlists around the world, and he just wrapped 2019 with... 19 million streams on Spotify. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm super pumped. You know, before we hit record, I was just mentioning that, you know, I'm always listening to playlists that seem to circulate your music when I'm actually doing this guest research. So it was fun to have you as the guest while your music was coming on. So it's, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I usually start off with one kind of loaded question for most of the guests just to kick things off. And this is this is just to avoid job titles and things like that. But, you yeah. know, just flow, f- flow from the gut and the intuition here. And, and the question is just, you know, like, who are you? You know, what what defines you as as a human? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, my name is Sam. And uh I am someone that every day just wants to be better than I was yesterday. I I tend to ruminate a lot on past things and I found that like the best the best way to describe myself whether it's in music or in life is that I just want to be better than yesterday. And um that's helped with a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. Um but yeah, so I'm Sam and I am currently better than I was yesterday. I would say I love is that. the best answer. I really love that. I mean, often I sign off on emails usually just saying, you know, have the best day yet, you know, kind of referencing that, yeah. you know, today is hopefully your best day and, and to your point, just moving forward. So where, like, where did that come up in your life? Where's that coming from, from your, your childhood? Um, honestly, it's, it's mostly from recent years and working and, you know, there's a, a ton of ups and downs in the music industry and, sometimes you you're putting songs out and they're going great. And other times you have to wait for label clearance and all this kind of stuff. And, and the best way to just keep yourself positive minded is to take it day by day and just be like, okay, am I doing better in my life than I was yesterday? Like, what am I doing to prepare myself for tomorrow and for the day after that? Um, rather than saying like, oh my God, like two years ago, I was really doing all this crazy stuff. You know, if you, if you take it day by day and, and try and self improve it, it makes just everything better and and grow and you really feel the growth that way rather than kind of putting your head down and and running and then you you arrive at this place and you're like whoa how did i get here yeah it, it really totally. makes you appreciate the day to day stuff i i mean you're speaking our language on this podcast that's for sure so i, I appreciate the the honesty on that and you know i just wanted to ask a bit because i you know just from the research and then also someone that listens to your music and doing some of the guest research, it seems like um, 2019, and by the time this is out, we'll be in early 2020. Um, but it seems like 2020, 
2019, sorry, was a bit of a turning point for you. I think you I read a quote somewhere, 2019 marks a special turning point for me as I finally feel like I'm coming into my own as an artist. What do you mean by that? Um, I've been through so many iterations of this Prince Fox project. Um, I was signed to a major label. I did deals with independent labels. Um, my sound has changed and evolved over time. And I felt like for a long time I was chasing other people and not trying to say, hey, this is me. It was like, hey, look, I can be all these people. But I feel like 2019 was like, you know what? This is me. This is what I like. This is yeah. who I am, um, which is a huge distinction because, you know, when you're coming up as a producer, people are like, oh, can you make something for me that sounds like this? Or can you make something for me that sounds like that? And that's not to say that I don't still do that for people, but. I think as an artist, it's important to establish, establish a certain sense of like, actually, you know, th these are the things that I like and these are the things that make me me. Love it. I mean, there's so many parallels to that for, for just everyday life, no matter, you know, what type of uh, job you have or passion you have. So I'm, I'm curious, like, how did you, from a practical standpoint, how did you go through that process? Was there, was there a moment where something clicked and you're like, you know, enough, enough with this, or like, do you have certain reflective practices or routines or something that, that helps you kind of pull out of the autopilot or the noise of the day? Um, well, it, it all kind of started when I, I had been touring really heavily for a while and I wasn't super happy. I was like, I'm not really playing the music that I like to make hmm. and I'm not making the music that I like to play. So there's some kind of a disconnect here um, and I also just was tired of touring for other reasons, but, yeah. um, I kind of got to that point and I was like, all right, well now, now I'm at a crossroads, right? I can, I can become just a producer. I can become an artist and exclusively make things that fit my live format, or I can, I can figure out what it is that I want. If I want to be more of an artist, if I want to be more of a producer, it, it was just, time to be honest with myself more than anything else. And I think what that boiled down to is that I wanted to be in the studio for, you know, about a year, year and a half, which is what I did. Like I took a bunch of time off touring. Um, and I just made tons and tons and tons and tons of music. And, you know, through being home and through not touring, I was introduced more to the writer and producer community and started getting cuts outside of my own project. Um, and it was kind of through, really working with other artists and them saying like, this is what I want. This is how I want things to sound. Um, I don't care what X, Y, and Z are doing. Like, this is what I want me to be. I was like, okay, that's the job of an artist is to, to, to establish a vision and to kind of wave their own flag, not have one foot in every door just to show that you can, so yeah. to speak. And, um, through that, it's just like, I have my, my daily routine of, I wake up in the morning, I think about what I have to do that day. I have a, a whiteboard in my studio and I go around the corner, I get a cup of coffee, I walk back, I kind of make an order of operations in my head and I just kind of go through it. Mm. Um, but I try at least, you know, morning, noon and night to take a second and be like, this is so cool that I get to do this. Like there's always, uh, stresses with being your own boss and, and all that stuff. But, um, reflecting and and being like you know what i'm i'm paying my bills doing what i would do as a hobby so that's that's such a cool thing and i think that has 
has really pushed the the page over, so to speak, from you know who I was to who who I am becoming. It's interesting. Like you, you really do strike me as someone that's very grounded and and grateful for this entire journey. I mean, I mean, from the research, but also everything you've you've just said since we've started. You know, is that is that something that's always been through kind of your DNA and your life growing up, or is that just again, kind of going through this, this shift or this mindset, um, change over the last couple of years, that's really put you onto this path. Um, well, when I was a kid, I was like really focused on being kind of a goody two shoes. Um, and I I grew up really religious and that that's a whole separate kind of story, but I had this moment, I guess, in college and and a little bit after college where I was like, I need to, I need to go crazy. I need to be a rock star. I need to <laughs> do all this stuff. I need to build myself up. Like I'm tired of being bullied and talked down to by other people because I'm good. Like I'm, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. And kind of building up this, this false persona of like, oh, well now I'm a rock star. And all, all, all these kids that made fun of me in high school for like playing guitar and practicing, like. I'm going to show them I'm going to be the rock star. And yeah, at the end of the day, you know, after some really high highs and some really, really low lows, I realized that if I was going to ever respect myself, let alone have respect from anybody else, but most importantly, have any self-respect, it would be because of my product and my work ethic, not some ridiculous persona that I created to get over social anxiety. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I I don't, it's like weird to say like, I'm grounded, I'm not grounded, but I think that my sense of like, at the very least gratitude is having been on both ends of the roller coaster and realizing that, you know, no matter how high or how low you are in your career, your worth, your work ethic should stay the same. And that's in in my, to me, where my self-worth comes from is like, I, I love to work hard. I love to accomplish things and whether the external reflects the internal of my business at the moment. Like I know I can at the very least keep that consistent. That's a beautiful line. And you know, like you're super humble, but it's, I think it's important. We talk about this stuff because especially, you know, for outsiders of the music industry, like it's easy for people to look in and just see like, you know, artists that from, from what it looks like on the outside that, you know, taking all the stuff for granted. Right. And I mean, everyone has a story obviously, and there's usually a pretty yeah. strong story behind that. So, you know, I appreciate you being, being honest with the, you know, about this stuff because it's, it's, it's something that regardless of what you're doing, like you just can't go wrong living a life of, of gratitude, right? Like it's kind of hard yeah, <laughs> for that to be a negative percent. And like your ego, or not yours, but like in general, the ego tends to get in the way of really accomplishing things. Like when I was in that mind state of like, I'm a rock star, da, 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 like I wasn't waking up at a reasonable time. I was like partying a lot. And there's no reason for that because, you know, after a few months of of, of being this r- ridiculous like caricature of who I thought I should be, you realize, well, nothing got done at all like you're not achieving what you set out to in the beginning nobody respects you anymore they just think you're you're a clown like do you want to be a clown or do you want to be an entertainer do you want like nobody at least in my opinion nobody looks back on 
you know, Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose and says what defined him was the fact that he would show up late for concerts or that he would smash bottles and drink. It was like, no, they had amazing songs. They were an incredible band that played really well together and were in the right place at the right time in the Los Angeles music scene, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't the person, like we're not listening to their personas today. We're listening to their music yeah. still, you know, 30, 30 some odd years later. So uh, it kind of like, it, it took a little bit of that, you know, coming down a peg being like, no one's going to remember you acting like a hot shot. People are going to remember your music or what you leave behind, not little like quips and antics that, you know, might help you sell an extra 10 records. But at the end of the day, if the record's good and you have a good marketing plan and good promotion, that goes a lot farther than, you know, shaving off my eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Fair. Well, and I think the other thing is just, you know, I, I think, I think we can tune in or connect you when someone's doing something, you know, really from the heart and authentically, like it, when you're speaking, it reminds me of, there's so many tactics, you know, when it comes to like online advertising and social and things like that, like you can buy, you know, buy ads for this, but, but it's like, it's short-term attention, right? And for sure there's a place yeah. for it and it could be part of your mix, but at its core, like, you know, if you're producing whatever, whatever it is that you're, you're putting out there in your case, obviously your music and, and everything you stand for. And you're doing that from a place that feels right for you. I mean, like we all win in that sense. And I'd imagine you must feel great too, like putting out, you know, singles that, and and albums that, you know, like where they're coming from. Right. Yeah. I think that I had a a little bit of a stint of like, this is going to work. Like I'll put this out. And sometimes I was right. Sometimes I wasn't, but it never felt as good, you know, uh, proportion, proportionately to like, if I cared about something, 10 plays meant more than a million on something I didn't give a shit about. Uh, yeah. Um, so it, in some ways it, it pays dividends. And I think that the things that I care about tend to resonate on a deeper level with people like yeah, the the more pandering records sometimes get a little bit more playlist love early on because like, oh, this fits X, Y, and Z mold. But if you can kind of strike this balance of, I I love this product and it kind of fits this mold, I think it tends to go a lot farther. Well, how do you, because that's, I'm glad you brought that up. And I mean, that I, I would imagine is probably easier said than done. Right. Like, especially in the world of kind of streams and likes and followers and stuff like that, you know, we're just like, we're surrounded by that nonstop. Right. And, and we're paid by that in, in many, you know, cases as well. So like, is there how, like, practically speaking, how, how do you balance that, that world? Um, well, I think it's like, it's less hard than it sounds. And I know that that seems like a, like a cop out, but really like in pop music, like you have a song structure, you have a verse and a chorus, but to me, what matters is the content of what's being said in, in those parts and, and how the melody relates to the chords and, and the sound selection, like there, there are barriers, 
but within the barriers, the possibilities are infinite, okay. if that makes sense. Like as much as you could feel like there's limits of song structure, there's like an entire universe within every like micro decision, you know, from, you know, for example, forget about lyrics, obviously, like you have the, the entire uh, language to play with, but like on a production side, you're, you're playing a guitar part. There's on a musical level, tons of inversions that you can play for any given chord progression, but also sonically there's, you know, an infinite amount of tones you can choose from or delays or reverbs or whatever it is. And you're kind of trying to piece together this puzzle of does this type of tone sound good with the drums that I'm using or, and, and you, you're, you're putting together a puzzle that you don't know what the, the yeah. whole picture looks like, um, which is super cool, I think. Um, but it, it gives you a lot of freedom, like much less limitation than you would think. Totally. Well, so as you're saying that, what what comes to mind or what resonates in kind of the world that, that I spend most of my time in is just, you know, people do their best work when their mind is somewhat clear and, you know, it's not jammed. Like if you think of your mind as a physical room and if you walk in, it's just jammed floor to ceiling, you know, with boxes, it's hard to see the path forward. Or in your case, I'd imagine it'd be hard to see like the mix or the combination of this and that. Is there... Is there anything that you're doing on a frequent basis to keep your mind as as clear as possible or in a like in a flow state of some sort? Or I guess I should first ask, like, you know, when when you're producing some of your best work, like what what does that look like for you in terms of the process? Um it's just sheer like enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just get into it. But I think to to get to that place where I'm quote unquote in the zone, it's it's twofold. One, like I always like to have a cup of coffee around or something to drink just like as a whatever to take a breath and, and, juice. and look I at it. But more more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, juice. I do love juice. Um but you know more than that, I I've struggled with like anxiety and, and depression quite a bit. And about six months ago, I sat with my cousin who is much older than me, but is very similar to me. And he gave me this like crazy analogy for anxiety and like a cluttered mind that really nothing short of changed my life. He said that, you know, if you think of your mind like an ocean, right, you can either live on the top of the ocean where all the waves are and everything's crashing and hectic mm -hmm. and doesn't seem like there's peace anywhere, but you go right beneath the surface and to the depths and that's where you find the calm and that's where the big ideas are. And that's where your creativity lies. Like he said, if you get caught up in the waves and, and constantly trying to ride this wave and that wave and finding balance above water is, is not so much of a thing, but if you just take a second and bring yourself to the depths, like you'll find peace. And it's also just a totally. soothing thing to think about, but um, as far as creativity goes, um, that, that's been like a huge help, you know, personally and professionally to kind of think of things that way. Yeah. Well, it, it makes me think of, cause we're, we're either in two states typically, like we're either in some sort of uh, like a survival state in which, you know, evokes kind of emotions just to be on the top of that ocean kind of fighting in the waves right which lead to like anxiety and stress and fear and all of that to keep us alive or we're in a power state 
of some sort where we're motivated, we're excited, you know, we're, we're calm and like, which essentially would be under those waves. So it, it makes sense. It's just, and, and we're human, right? So yeah. like we're for sure going to be going in and out of those states, but I think the trick, uh, and I've, I've been realizing this as well, just kind of going through all this journey is just how do you, you know, when you recognize you're in that kind of survival state, turn to the tools that you know will pull you out of it as kind of as fast as possible then you know get back mm-hmm. into where you're thriving essentially 100 percent. and i think that you know making music and and certain parts of business are very manual tasks and sometimes that's what i need more than anything so n- another thing that my, my cousin was telling me is that the, i don't i don't know whose parable this is so i'm not going to say it's from a certain culture or whatever but effectively there's this um this uh, genie that the queen finds when she's walking through the village and she brings the uh, the genie back to uh, the king and the king says, oh my gosh, this, this amazing genie, genie, we need you to go defeat our enemies here. We need you to solve the poverty problem there. Basically, the genie cleans up all, all of this king's problems. And he's like, oh my God, that's incredible. And then the genie goes, okay. <laughs> give me something to do or I'll eat you. And the king goes, what? He goes, give me something to do or I'll eat you. So then the king basically gives him this never-ending task of uh, every piece of bamboo he finds, he has to move it one foot over and he's allowed to repeat as many times as possible. And and the metaphor is that, you know, if you don't keep your mind busy, it, it'll eat you. So you, you kind of have to give it these tasks or or create a set of operations for yourself so that it's working for you, not against you. And I think making music or being focused on business, sometimes if I'm feeling out of control, that that's what gets me out of it. It's like, okay, yeah. here, here we are back in a rhythm. Like this is what we're doing. We're making this kind of a thing. And then, you know, after an hour of working, I don't even remember what I was anxious about to begin with. Totally. Well, I think it's just knowing what those, those activities are, right. And having like, there, there's just even a sense of, um, peace just knowing say you have five things that no matter what you know you're going to turn to that thing and will it'll pull you out of whatever the mental state you're in right uh, just knowing you have that toolkit is is, yeah. is helpful in one if in one uh, circumstance and then actually going into it is obviously a whole other uh world yeah exactly let's why don't we dive in a little bit of you know into just the the origins or what it took to make the the current single that's out same love because it's um i love it personally i'm a bit biased here i mean you can probably tell i'm a big fan of your music you. but yeah it's it's been going on repeat <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at least a quarter of your streams so uh i'd love to know a little bit more about you know yeah. <laughs> what it took to to get to that version and you know just provide a bit of context uh of the actual song yeah. Um, so it all started in 2018. I was in Nashville for this writing camp at the Spotify Secret Genius Studios. And I was working with uh, these two guys, Chaz Cardigan and Dylan Ander. And we were in Dylan's studio. And we had already written one. We Basically, the way these writing camps work is you get like anywhere from four to six hours in the morning for your first session and lunch, four to six hours, then dinner, and then everyone kind of goes out and does their thing. Okay. Um, This was the second session of the day right before dinner. And uh, 
we had already written one song that was kind of like this like pseudo deep house song with like a, a really strange rock leaning vocal that was about um chaz uh like hooking up with some girl that was really into okay. zodiac signs and it was very bizarre but it's it's a really cool song um and we had about like an hour and a half left uh, of this session and dylan was like yo let's do another let's do another and i was like all right cool like i've been really into laney recently but you know we were kind of exchanging what we've been listening to i was like laney and coldplay and all these things and then um I just played this guitar riff um in 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 his studio and I recorded it and put it on loop and um uh Chaz was just like yo I got the hook I got the hook and I was like okay what is it and then he he starts saying it's not the same love and then he has this whole other part and I was like no 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 we just should, it should just be it's not the same love after the breakup like that's it like that's that's the hook like everything else in the song we had was really complicated um, and then we kind of built off that the original production kind of sounded like, like, like a, a very demo version of like Coldplay and Swedish house mafia. It was like okay. really just like guitar ballady, but with like a four to the floor kick. It was, it was, it was cool, but it, it, it wasn't something that I would put out, but I was like, I really love this, this top line. I love this song. And then I came back to LA after that camp, I kind of sat on it for a little bit. I was like, I love this song, but I really have no idea what to do with it. Then about like eight months ago, I, I, I'm obsessed with Max Martin. Okay. I, I was just like listening through uh, one of the various playlists I have of his um, that I just like compiled all of my favorite songs he's produced. Um, and I was listening to, I think it was Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. And then I was like, oh, this would be a perfect way to produce Same Love. And I pretty much produced Same Love like, almost to a T like a combination of um, Katy Perry teenage dream and um, that Kylie Minogue song that yeah. Alesso sampled for cool. It was like a combination of those two things. And I was like, Oh, this is it. Like this is such a banger. Da, da, da. And I played it for a bunch of people. They're like, Oh yeah, this is super dope. And then it was about a month before or like six weeks before it was supposed to come out and I played it and I was like, this is good, but this isn't a happy dance song. Like this isn't, that it doesn't serve the lyric to to be jumping up and down you know yeah, yeah and then i i was like let me just try something and i started like playing all these like emo guitar riffs underneath it. and i was like oh this is actually kind of sick and i um i just produced out like a minute long version of it and i sent it to my team and i was like hey <laughs> i know we're kind of in the 11th hour but what do you think and they're like, holy shit, this is the version. And I was like, uh, okay, like that's it. And then I just finished it and I sent it to a bunch of friends that I trust their opinion. They they gave me some notes and um, I had the the file replaced with the distributor. And yeah, that's that's kind of how, how it all went down. That's so cool. Like what, I, I just have to ask you, like what's the feeling like when you, when you know that, okay, this is like, this is it. This is the one that's got to go out. Um it's like an addiction. Like I'll, <laughs> I will play it like th three times in the morning on my computer when I just make it. And then I'll play it on my phone to make sure it sounds good on my phone. Then I'll go in my car and I'll drive up around the, the blocks and 
listen with the windows open, with the windows down, with the back windows, like literally every combination oh, cool. of how people could listen in the car. I'll like bump it and then I'll send it to my friends. Be like, how does it sound on these speakers? Because I know what speakers my friends have. I'll be like, oh, how does it sound on these speakers here? How does it sound on that? I'll pull out like whatever headphones I have in the house. I'll plug them in. Like this, okay, cool. It sounds good. I got to fix that. And then I'll like fix one thing, export it. Here's something be like, oh, damn, I should have fixed it before I export it again. And then kind of this like never ending process until I like whittle down all the little things that I didn't like about it on a specific system. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, hell yeah. And then I just keep playing it over and over again, like OCD like, to make sure that by the time it gets out, like, there's nothing worse than than your song coming out and just being like, oh my God, I can't believe I left that in there. Like yeah, there's yeah. a couple songs that are on my Spotify right now that I'm just like, oh man, like I really want to replace the file, but like I'm not working with whatever the label was that put it. I did like one single with this random YouTube label and it's it's a cool song, but like there's something I, like a frequency I left in the in the mix in the intro that whenever it comes on Spotify, I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm just... <laughs> so <That's>, irritating. <laughs> and what's ironic though, obviously it's just you that knows this, right? Like everyone exactly. else is jamming to it, but it's throwing exactly. you to the ground. <laughs> I'm just like so upset. I was like, please don't play my music. <laughs> just, just delete it from your library. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That, so how yeah, do you deal yeah. with like, you mentioned how you, you, it seems like you've got a core group of friends that, and, and people that you trust to, to get feedback. Like how do you balance the feedback that's coming in that obviously, you know, I'm assuming this is value, but, but there's got to be a little bit of a, like you have something in your head as well, right. And balancing like what feedback actually does have to, to come into play. Yeah. Um, for me, honestly, I was like, sorry, I got a little tangled. Um, for me, the biggest thing is most of the feedback I'm asking for is like technical as well as commercial viability. Okay. Um, so if it's a structure thing or if it's a mix thing, I tend to heed those. Um, but if it's like a, a personal preference, I'll usually try what wh whoever the person has said it, send them a version and be like, I personally like this version, but like, I appreciate your feedback and like, I've entertained it. I've just chosen to do something else. Okay. Gotcha. Um, just uh, there's there's one topic I definitely want to touch on. You brought it up a little bit when you were on tour and, you know, just being away. Um, and it's just the idea of, of travel because I, you know, a lot of people are, it doesn't matter what job you're, you're doing, but you're, you know, you're away from like your regular routine where mm -hmm. you can find kind of that calm and balance probably a little bit easier. And obviously, you know, you're traveling quite a bit. And actually one of the questions that came in from, from one of our mutual friends was, you know, how does, how does a DJ who plays so many shows deal with a fear of flying? And he just said, you know, so oh, courageous, man. so courageous. So, <sighs> you know, you're not the only one obviously in that boat. Um, just curious, like how, how do you manage that? Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, well, for the past five years now, uh, Donna Stewart's anxiety, anxiety, panic, uh, track from her guided meditations gold album has been my number one played on Spotify. Okay. Uh, for five years straight. <laughs> okay. I, I like stopped posting it after the first year. I was like, this isn't chill to like <laughs> blast out to the world. Um, but yeah, so 
kind of uh, a, a lot of that track, but I also have this app called Valk, um, which is like specifically for flight anxiety. Okay. And um, there's all this info about planes on it, as well as like a panic button where it's this guy that kind of walks you through this uh, exercise that is like made to stop you from panicking. Like your your body physically can't panic if you are going through what he's saying. Okay. Um, wow. It's like a lot of tensing your muscles for a certain amount of time and then letting one go, but keeping the other tense and um, kind of like counting your breaths. And then you tighten your abs, tighten your shoulders, and then it, it ends and you he like makes you tighten your entire body as much as you possibly can, like tensing everything. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, and now breathe in and like let your breath take, like carry you away, so to speak. Yeah. And like you have so much like adrenaline and lactic acid running through after all that. that you're just like, oh, okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. So um, helpful, those are the man. two. Yeah, definitely would recommend that app to anyone. Um, that's one thing. And then the third and final, th- or besides for for the um, the water analogy from earlier, like the last thing that's been really helpful is just trying to be grateful for what I took off from, like the place that I was leaving and the place that I'm going, like what I'm going to be able to do in this new place that I land and like being like, oh, isn't it cool that when I land, I'll be able to do this. And yeah, before I left, I was able to do that and kind of just like anything to, to, to keep my mind away from being like, oh, damn, the plane's going down, <laughs> plane's going down. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh no, this, the stewardess isn't smiling. Like what's going on? But she's just like frustrated with a passenger. Like there's no problem totally, with, totally. with the plane. Um, you know, just anything to, to get my head out of that, like false narrative that like everybody's dying. Yeah. Well, and this, I mean, interesting to bring up false narrative. I mean, we spend so much of our time, whether it's on a plane or anywhere else, like we were always running loops in our mind. Right. So it's like whatever you can do to yeah. break that loop. And those are really great. I, I thought you were going to say something just, you know, like I, li- I have headspace or calm and I'm just doing like a flying meditation, but you went to the next level. So this is super, super helpful because I'm sure there's, there's people listening that, that, that uh, suffer through this as well. Yeah. I mean, those apps are great too. I just find that the the flight specific stuff, when you also have facts about it, it just helps a lot. Yeah, totally. I'm going to check. I'll put, I'll put this all in the show notes. Super helpful. Um, just, you know, we talked quite a bit about just reflective practices and things like that. And you've been super gracious sharing uh, what works for you. One of the, one of the things I like to do and just grab from all guests so that we can help uh, others, either whether they're journaling or just taking time to reflect is just provide some reflective questions that you find yourself either asking for sure. I imagine there's some gratitude ones there because that's come up a few times, but you know, just questions that might be circulating in your life on a frequent basis or when you're faced with big decisions to make. Um, yeah, for sure. Are there a few um, that come up? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest one for me recently is in a, in a situation where I'm like where where I'm stressed out about the outcome of something or, you know, I, I'm in a situation where where I don't know what to do, like in a business thing, I'm, I'm always like, okay, well, yeah. what would make you happy is like, this might be the better fiscal move right now, but is that, are you going to be happy if you have an extra few dollars for doing something that you hate? 
or on mm -hmm. or will doing something you hate and making that extra money allow you to be happier with something else in your life and kind of whittling down the path to happiness in that in that sort of a way when it comes to big decisions oh that's good um because you know on the technical side of things like people sometimes ask me to mix and master stuff and that can get really tedious and annoying if you don't like the music yeah right so <laughs> Totally. <laughs> uh, I try and like take things on that I actually enjoy or wouldn't like slam my head against the wall if I have to listen to it for a few hours. Right. So it, yeah. it, it's just like, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be happy? Is this going to, is this going to derail my day if I spend all this time on this or, or, if, or in a business relationship? Like if, if I feel weird about working with someone and they want to put, our business relationship on paper. I'm like, okay, well, is it more beneficial for me to sign this and and formalize it if I'm kind of half happy, half unhappy, not 100% sure, um, mm -hmm. but I don't, I, like, it, it, it's, it's just all about the path, like the easiest path to happiness with the least amount of roadblocks. Because at the end of the day, especially with interpersonal relationships and business relationships. There's so many people out there that are capable of doing so many different things that if it doesn't work out with one person or a group of people, like that's okay. Not everyone is going to get perfectly along. Not everyone is going to be the best suited for your business. And yeah. it doesn't make yeah. you or them any more or less valuable because it doesn't work out. Like not every puzzle piece goes together. Like doesn't mean that you're not a, a part of a greater picture in some other way. So powerful. I mean, and that's just such because it it's so hard to do, right? Because when you're in that moment, it's like you you don't. It, it's hard to pull out and just say like to be patient and, yeah. and have that realization. But if you can allow yourself that little microsecond to, you know, not just flow into that relationship, it's just so powerful. Do you have any others um, that have been coming up? Um, mm, let me think. Like it's definitely that's the biggest one, but I would say. It, it, it more on an anxiety tip just like what are you what are you grateful for yeah or what is the what is the root of this meaning like if i i can get into these like hypochondriac spirals mm -hmm. um and i'm just i'll i'll think that something crazy is wrong with me and i'm like okay well stop for a second what is the root of this why do you think that this is wrong with you and then i'll list the one thing that's bothering me and i'm like okay, Sam, you know that if your liver is failing, <laughs> all these other things would be happening besides just having sore abs. Like you worked out two days ago, it's natural <laughs> to have sore abs. It's not liver totally. failure. You know what I mean? So just kind of checking myself with things that I, I know that are facts um, and just being like, stop. What is the source? Okay. Does this make sense? Should I continue worrying? No. Okay. And then once I've kind of nabbed the source and it's just like residual, you know, buzzing anxiety after that, I try and find some activity to do or video to watch or go play guitar or produce something to, to just get the wheels going in a different direction, so to speak. Yeah, totally. I, I can, maybe can resonate with that one. It's, um, these are both really powerful questions. So again, thank you for, for sharing them. And in the context, obviously always, always helps with these because there's so many questions that, that people can ask uh, themselves when you, when you power them up with, you know, 
the right context and it just it goes to the next level so thank you again for for sharing them last question for you man is just really yeah. you know all said and done um when you just kind of push the chair back like what really lights you up right now oh man i just i'm so enthralled with making music um i like recently added a bunch of gear to my studio and got a bunch of candles just trying to really nurture the addiction that I already have to just kind of being in here and making music and trying new things. Um, like, like I said earlier, like I, I, I'm just trying to be better than I was yesterday as a human, but also as a producer. So yeah, I'm just trying to spend a little bit more time. If there's something that I hear on Spotify or on the radio that I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I wonder if I could figure out how to make that and, you know, dissect things and put things back together. Like I, I recently uh, got the stems to this Ariana Grande song and I spent like eight hours recreating every single sound in there and then saving it to my sound library. So I'm not actually using any samples, Wow! but um, I have like the entire repertoire of this given Ariana Grande song at my disposal. So if I'm like, oh, I'm writing a song and I need this kind of thing to start, like these kind of pluck sounds or yeah. this tone for a guitar, this tone for a bass, you know. I can just drop it in, play the part, and and I'm moving. And so I, I like to do a lot of sound design days like that. Um, yeah, that's a pretty nerdy answer, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, I just I love I just love making music. That's that's well, that's what that's what really yeah. Keeps me going. I mean, you can feel it. I mean, every anyone listening to this conversation, and again, as someone that really resonates and and loves your music, like I have to say. You, the music has almost gone up another level for me personally, just having this conversation. Cause you can feel, you can really feel it. You're, you know, and I want to acknowledge you that for, for that, because obviously you're, you're putting a lot of time into your, your self um, and your own development and that inner work and, and all of it to be able to produce what you're producing and being, you know, happy in your life and, you know, just, Thanks for pushing through the the flying anxiety so that, you know, the rest of the world can see you know, work your magic on stage. So a huge thanks and a huge congrats. Thank you. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, what 2020 has in store. Yeah, me too, man. I think it, I think it'll be an exciting one for sure. 